0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode two hundred and three of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi
1: guys.
0: Well that was a bit downbeat. We're gonna be talking about a fantastic topic today, Lauren. I want more enthusiasm. Come on.
1: I know, I know. I'm sorry guys. I'm I'm gonna really try my best today. My throat has not been not been the greatest at the moment, so
0: What is it you have, Lauren?
1: I have some kind of, sp- well, no, I don't actually know what's causing the sore throat, but I do know that there's some kind of like spasm going on in my throat when I swallow, which is not fun.
0: Basically, Lauren has very uh, tender vocal cords, which yeah, makes life troublesome.
1: It is. It it makes me really sad, actually, because like reading to Allie is like one of my favorite things. Daryl knows like I like to do voices and stuff. And I haven't really been able to recently, and it makes me sad.
0: (laughs) So I'm going to try and be as energetic as possible. I'll try and be happy. I picked a topic this episode, which you've obviously gathered from the episode name, that I hoped would help to make Lauren feel better about her plight. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, And that's because today we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy X, and why we love the game so much. And I know that for both of us, we've talked we've talked in the past about why we love Final well, how much we love Final Fantasy X. Um and today, hopefully, we'll share some insights into why we love it so much and some of the experiences that we had when we were playing the game for the first time. Mm. Should be fun, I think, right? I think so. Yeah. You're just gonna I, nod. Lauren's I, nodding. I'm gonna I'm gonna I talk wanna, for Lauren. I'm gonna translate. I mean
1: <laughs> after this, I may again ignore all the other games my pile of shame and play through final fantasy X for like the 11th time you know
0: it doesn't matter how many times you play it; you're always going to see something different
1: i just love this game so much i really do
0: there we go done podcast over no yeah. i'm just joking guys stick around we have so much to talk about we've got favorite characters favorite moments favorite music yes mm-hmm. everyone knows i'm excited for that i've actually <laughs> picked two tracks and you know
1: because that's cause, just because you. you know like you know yeah.
0: it was only supposed to be one and i was like no i want two and you know why i picked two why because there's a second 10 soundtrack the remaster who so technically i'm allowed a second track
1: i bet i can already guess which ones you chose
0: well that's the good thing because i especially we, the remaster i we, have a
1: good idea about what you chose for the remaster
0: we were doing the outline and we kind of we'll get into it but yeah. it's really weird yeah basically how this is all panned out um before we get on to our 10 fangasm though we obviously have to thank our patreon supporters so we're now going to do shout outs for everyone who is an executive producer on the show and we're going to kick things off with nahi klabawi
1: guide seeker
0: chris morales
1: michael graham
0: barry norton at Notron zero
1: thurn bullen at massacre 23
0: tori patrick
1: Fayez Bilal,
0: Louis James,
1: Zach Duranto,
0: Rachel Casterton at Urban Ray,
1: Mohammed Koyam,
0: Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels,
1: Darren Matthews at Doomster Seventy Three,
0: Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J,
1: Alex and Rachel Troutman at A Kieran Named
0: Keith Field at The Mighty Keith,
1: Billy Jackson at Underscore Billy Jackson,
0: Miles Ribbons,
1: David Calro,
0: Chris Pope at Doctor Pop One Eight One,
1: Janek Naud at Janek Naud,
0: Freya Stoller,
1: and Hunter Morgan.
0: Thanks guys, thank, thank you so you. much. Okay, so now we're gonna go on to our topic Final Fantasy X Fangasm. And I thought it would be really fun to kick things off with an interesting story hmm. that from both of us. Um because we were talking about it beforehand and I always feel like with these games, there is just something that always if you if someone asks you to to play back just a unique memory that you have about any of these games you've played there's always something. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was the fact that when I played the game for the first time, I got all the way up to the fight against Jekt Mm. and I couldn't beat him. And I was just so bummed out because I hate grinding. I'd managed to make it all the way to that point with doing next to no grinding. And I cheesed bosses, like done the overdrive tricks on summons and aeons and got all the way there. And I just couldn't beat him, no matter what I tried. It was incredibly frustrating. I remember trying to use different tactics like um, using Titus's cheer repeatedly, but no matter what happened, I couldn't do more damage than he would heal himself for. But- so it was just in this weird cycle of just not being able to do anything, and I just got so bored and I got, and I, I'd never done this before, and I don't think I'd ever imagine doing it again. I just started the game again. I was like, look, I could go and grind and around the area, like I can do the monster arena. I can do all those things and go back. But why don't I just start the game again? Mm. I don't know why I decided to do that. It just seemed like the right thing to do. And of course, when I started the game again, I knew that I could do other things. Like I got the um, additional um, attack for Valfor in Besaid and other things like that. And I made sure that I actually did grind quite a lot throughout that experience but I just that always stuck with me that was the fact that it was the only game the only Final Fantasy game I played where this has happened I got right to the end and just I just hit a brick wall Mm. I just could not proceed any further and I know from talking to other people that's not a unique experience other people have got to and just it's just like a a no and I know that with some of the more extreme playthroughs Ject is the fight that is just so hard to get past
1: mm-hmm. yeah I mean I um I didn't get quite as far my first actual playthrough I played I played the game quite a bit before before I actually like played it played it I mean so I'll just start with the one where I actually played through it all right so I was um my dad was dating this girl in New Jersey And one of her sons had Final Fantasy X. So I borrowed it and would kind of occasionally go back to um, their house whenever my dad wanted to hang out or whatever. And um, I would start playing through it again with his sort of guidance. And um, I got up to Evre, the Guardian of Bevel. And I was just like,
0: is that the underwater fight? No, the no, one on the that airship? one's
1: easy. That one you can kill him with Phoenix Down or Life or whatever. Um, but no, this is the one in the air with the airship. I just, I couldn't beat him. And he, oh, bless him. He tried to help me as well because he was just like, well, there's um random encounters on the airship. Why don't you just try running around the airship? But the trouble was that the um, the rate at which the... Uh, random battles were occurring was just so slow that it would have taken me hours, hours to grind to get myself high enough. And unfortunately, at that point in the game, there is no way of going anywhere else. You are stuck on the airship and that is it. So that's literally the only choice I had. So we thought it was probably in my best interest to just restart the game. And Which is just so weird scratch, that, we both that we both had, had that experience. Yeah. I would yeah. say though
0: that like that Everett isn't too far away from Ject though. Yeah. You're in the final portion of the game.
1: Kind of. I mean yeah, it's just Yuna's wedding, isn't it? So it would be it would be one of the last temples. It's like the only thing really after that is Zanarkand, Calmland, Zanarkand. I, w- I would have loved to have seen how I would have done against um the, the uh, oh, I forget the numbers, but the guy who does Haymaker right after oh, the, yeah. right in the gorge in the Calmlands. Right before Jimbo Yeah, I got stuck there after I had played it again and got past Evray. I got stuck there for a little bit. But, um, but yeah, no, that was... That was tough. That was tough. But I I do tend to do that. Like that's something that's common for me, especially with JRPGs, just because I even though I know that it's a lot of time, I just cannot be asked to just spend more time on grinding. So like actually from that moment, every game I've played, every JRPG I've played, I've I've tried to force myself to grind even a little bit. Just so that I was above what the enemies I was going up against were, um, what they recommended.
0: I mean, it makes sense, really, because ultimately, JRPGs are about the story, mm. and we want to experience the story. So, having an easier gameplay time makes that progression faster. Yeah. It's just that you have to grind, so you waste time, and you don't want to waste time with the grinding. You want to get through. It's, it's like it's annoying battle yeah and mmos exacerbated it massively i remember final fantasy 11 you could go a week without doing another story mission because you have to get up to the next like level yeah where you're able to do it
1: i always found that i mean granted we didn't get that far into 14 but like i always found that like the hunt quests with 14 kind of made you ignore the levels a bit like it just the time just went with grinding with that game but
0: still like there's that whole thing where you you're doing story missions and then you kind of have to stop and yeah. go and do other things you get distracted yeah. and then you kind of lose the flow a little bit yeah whereas when you're playing an actual game you you're kind of you're stuck within it i've like there there are games now that that do that like um, the assassin's creed games where there's so many different things that are just like oh i'm gonna collect this or i'm gonna do this side quest or i'm gonna get this piece of armor and it does detract a little bit, but just mm. not as much. The other um, interesting story I had, though, was that um, I I didn't end up finishing the game for the first time on my own save. <laughs> I, I remember vividly that I was around my friend's house and um, I don't know why I was around his house to finish the game. <laughs> it seems really weird. Yeah, But yeah, no, um, I just... I just remember finishing the game around his house and then the ending credits rolled and we, I think I, well, yeah, I was like 16, 17 at this point and we just, I think he was a lot older than me. I think he was 22, 23, something like that. Um, And yeah, we just were sitting there in tears, like Aww. just crying our eyes out because there was such a sad ending and then the ending theme came on and we just were kind of like just numb, yeah. emotion overload
1: yeah it is a really sad ending to be fair um and the weird thing is that like i kind of have a similar experience but i actually didn't play through the game before i saw it so um whenever i would go over to my mom's house when i was a kid um my brother would always have like this uh he would always have the newest console like he would always have the newest console at the time. And a bunch of games to play on it. So I used to just breeze through games or just kind of try them out. And um, Final Fantasy X was one of the games he had. I had already played through like some of the other Final Fantasies. I think I've maybe played through eight, seven, and nine at the time. So he had a new PlayStation 2. He had already gotten up to Sin, and like the characters he had were all like crazy leveled they um the sphere grid all filled i mean yeah like titus was donking things at 99999 or whatever the only thing i did get to do for him which i was proud of was i did do the lightning bolt challenge for him which i felt very proud of i got the other i got some of the people that he missed some of their weapons um i'm
0: sure he was very thankful about that (laughs) as well
1: well, I don't know, because I think he probably beat the game already and didn't actually realize that I did that. Um, but either way, so um, I would load up a save, which was right at the end of the game, and played through the entire ending. I also did um, I did uh, Omega of Ruins as well um, for him. And, um, I mean, I don't know if he... I, I I actually don't know if he had done it, but it was all unlocked. Like I, um, he didn't actually beat, um, Omega. Um, so I witnessed the whole ending before I even played through the game. And then generally what I would do is I would just play through new game and, um, I would see how far I could get. Typically I would get up to, uh, Besaid, and that's, that's where I would have to stop because I would have to like go home or I would just get taken away somewhere. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I've, I've probably paid the opening and the ending like crazy amount of times.
0: Is this what started your, uh, I guess obsession with spoiling games and looking at the endings before you play them?
1: Maybe, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, it was, it was weird. I don't know why. I honestly like, I really don't know why I wanted to play through the ending so much. I could have just actually just played through the game. and I could have made a save for myself so that whenever I came back to his house, I would have a a thing. But I think I had a, I always had a thing about saving on other people's memory cards. I don't know why. I'm always just kind of like, I was always cautious. Like, I don't want to use up your space if that's something that you want to use, you know? So I was just kind of like, no, it's fine. And back in those days, you actually did have like quite small I mean, space. the PlayStation
0: 1 memory card for sure. PlayStation 2 it wasn't so much of an issue mm. for that generation.
1: Well, for the amount of games he had on it. That's fair, yeah. He did but then most like, people had multiple collection. memory cards. It's true. I don't know if he did or not, actually.
0: I remember I had a memory card that had four memory cards in one. There's really? a little button that I pressed on the top of it oh, that would yeah. change to the memory cards, and it had a I had a Final Fantasy VIII sticker on it. Oh, school, that's so it. cool. Um, I I just honestly I think this is so strange in the sense that when when I was coming there, I knew that, that instantly I knew about the jet and I thought oh what's another interesting thing like the fact that I didn't finish the game for the first time on my own save yeah and then you have exactly <laughs> the same like We're the type same of story. People just different yeah it's yeah. just so that's just really odd yeah Um. i
1: don't know why we just are meant to be
0: apparently so yeah apparently so
1: all based on our experience with final fantasy 10 screw everything else like i mean you know our common interests or I mean, whatever.
0: They, there could be worse things for us to have in common it's true and a love of final fantasy 10 it's true so who of of everything, because obviously Final Fantasy Ten has a very eclectic cast. There there is it's a very different type of cast compared to the other games I'd say. But who who is your favourite character out of the bunch?
1: I mean it's so typical, but it has to be Titus. Um
0: you say it's typical though, but there's a lot of people that hate Titus.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I guess it's just because he's like the main character. But like I just really do love him. I think he's just he's just such a unique a unique final fantasy protagonist. Um I love his I honestly like I love his style. <laughs> I think that he's really cool looking. Um I love his hair. Uh but then his story like he goes through so much and sure like he's whiny, but Like, as I've said in the past, you'd be whiny too if you were ripped from your, like, everything you know in your life. You were just ripped from it and thrown somewhere completely different that had completely different stuff that you don't even know about. And not only that, but you have to, like, sort of go on this horrible pilgrimage where you're just being shipped off from place to place, watching people die yeah, not having much of a say, no one knowing who you are or like giving you any sort of love or anything. Like you just kind of feel so alone. Like I wouldn't do very well in that situation.
0: Also when you're 17.
1: And when you're 17, like that's pretty hard, you know? So that's why I forgo the fact that he's a bit whiny or maybe a crybaby because he's he's a kid.
0: I think that's the thing that I really like about the older Final Fantasy games as well because well some of them um but because I think they were not afraid to break the mold of what you'd expect from a main protagonist in a video game mm. or even entertainment mediums in general because I think you know we saw it with uh, we just did a, a video on Cecil and I saw a lot of comments saying about how they like Cecil because he's like this like the 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 um the alpha male he's like the leader and all this kind of stuff and it's like well actually he's not no and and Titus, very much is not that person he's not like the, he's not the leader of that group at all he's very much the kind of the runt of the litter in many ways like yeah. Waka, Oren, kamari are way more manly than he is mm-hmm. and they have a lot more experience they have a lot more authority than he does and a lot more comfortable in yeah, themselves. And like he's he's kind of there as this guy who no one really likes that much, no one really knows why he's there. Yeah. And even when he kind of events eventually gets tagged along, it's because Oren like basically grabs him by the ear and says, "This guy's coming too, by the way." Yeah. And no one really knows why until yeah. towards the end when they obviously realize why. And it mm. makes a lot more sense. But I even remember like the scene uh, just before Lu- Lu- Unaleska where he's like, it's, he, it's the time when he really stands up and he's just like, how are you guys just going to let her die? Yeah. And they're like, well, it's just the way it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's just so fed up with it.
0: He was such a, he was such a different take on protagonists and i we'd been seeing it for a little while though because obviously zidane was a very different type of character too squall was a very different type of character and cloud was a very different type of character
1: and that scene is also like i mean getting back to that that scene is also so interesting because i don't think that there's any other time that i can think of in final fantasy where nobody's backing the main character like nobody is backing him up in that scene Yuna basically talks him down and it's just like, no, this is my story. Sorry. Okay, thanks. Bye. Like, nobody, nobody is backing him. He is completely, he's, he's alone.
0: But I'd say it's also the interesting thing because, well, Oren kind of did.
1: Kind of. But, but not, yeah. he didn't
0: want to get too involved. Like, no. it was, it was a fight that he didn't, he, he, he instigated well, He wanted everybody to, yeah.
1: he wanted everybody to figure it out on their own. Exactly.
0: Um, but I think the it, it, that scene typifies why Final Fantasy X also is really good because it had that dynamic where there were two main characters. Yeah, sure, Titus is the poster boy; he's on the box art of the American version, and um, like you play as him for the majority of the game. But it's very much Yuna's story. Yeah, as opposed to hit like everything in the entire story revolves around Yuna. Yeah not Titus. No. And I thought that that was a really interesting that they had this dynamic between the two characters because in many ways, Yuna is more of that leader type person. Yeah, sure. She doesn't have the physical presence. She's not like threatening or in that kind of way. But everyone in that group respects her decision Mm -hmm. and they respect her as an individual. Like she, even though she's only seventeen, and 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 uh, we talked about it in the origins video we did for her that the developers were really smart in in how they positioned her. Like the first scene you see her in, you she's like falling down the steps. She you learn that she's spent longer in there than she should have done. That she's really weak, and and that people have really low expectations of her, and all these things that are like really putting her down and making you think that she's this nobody that is certainly not going to be gearing up to be the main protagonist of this game if you can't yeah. even do this simple challenge that most summoners kind of do with relative ease. But then, like, the more you learn about her, the more you learn about this determination, like this just sheer bloody-mindedness that she has in her, like, deep within her, that just says, no, this is what I'm doing. You guys will all do as you're told. Yeah, yeah. Like, the scene when she's deciding in the Thunder Plains about Seymour, it's like, I'm making this decision. You guys, if you don't agree with it, I don't really care. Yeah. You can just go off and do whatever the hell you want, but this is what I'm doing. And they all fall in line and respect it. Yeah. Even Riku, who just is kind of along for the ride and is trying to get Yuna to stop, she's like, okay, like, you know, it's... None of us, none of us agree with this. Yeah, but it's just what has to be done, and I and think we'll follow you. Yeah, like Orin really typifies it because he kind of speaks up during those scenes a couple of times, but he just backs down because he's like, "Fine, you're the summoner. Yeah. Where you go, we will go."
1: Yeah, and it's only really Titus who just, just like, no, no, maybe you're not thinking clearly, but even he like most of a lot of what he says is also um monologue so he he doesn't always he doesn't always pipe up with his opinion but um but even still yeah. like
0: he still backs down to yeah. her yeah it's never it's never like everyone's doing what Titus wants it's always everyone's yeah. doing what yuna wants and then the scenes when Titus does speak up and and voice things like the the scene in Makalania where obviously mm-hmm. they they kind of share their feelings for each other. Yeah, he's trying to talk her out of going to the pilgrimage, and 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 it seems like she's going to stop. Yeah, until the next morning, she's like, "FYI, I'm not stopping."
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, like I do. As I've gotten older, I respect Unamore as a character, but like. Even when I first played it like I just I just hated how stubborn she was. I just really hated how stubborn she was. Like just not asking for help, like not um just just how she was. I just I just didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that she just ran off and didn't tell anybody that she was doing the whole thing with Seymour and Bavel Like she just kind of left everybody in um It was just kind of like, yeah, I'm doing my own thing.
0: Um well, I mean, that wasn't her choice.
1: Yes and no. Yeah. She got kidnapped she by the Guado. Yeah. It's true. Give her some credit. It is true. But I just like that kind of whole that kind of whole sequence just made me just so upset. Um Well no, I mean she did kind of go she didn't kind of go there.
0: Well no, because the whole thing was
1: saying she tricked them because they ended up she being said that she said that she was gonna marry him and then that she was gonna she was going to send him but they didn't realize that you're
0: thinking about in well there's the two the two aspects so there's obviously the thing with makalania where she went there to the temple yeah that uh, try and stop him yeah and then obviously then they kill seymour yes then well she then they end up going in thing then uh sin takes him to bickenell
1: yeah she didn't tell anybody that he killed that he'd killed jisco
0: no but then, yeah, she was obviously trying to plan to send him, mm-hmm. but she had no other choice. Yeah, like she had no contact with anyone else at that point. And then, obviously, they came and ruined her plan. Yeah, But twice. Was, yeah,
1: twice they ruined her plan. But then, like the fact is, is, the the thing is, is that she just doesn't
0: she doesn't tell anybody. But then, I think that's the whole thing because she feels that she's the leader. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Maybe she feels like she can't discuss these things with the other people.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, she you know, keeps it's it to it's obviously
0: it's a character fault of hers, but again, she's only seventeen two. She's it's still true. very much learning about the way it's things are. It's very true. And in spira summoners are the people that are like, kind of revered, mm-hmm. and the guardians are the guardians. Like they just follow along and make sure the summoner doesn't get killed during whatever the hell's they want to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so there's that that used to annoy me like I don't I don't really care as much now like I feel like I kind of respect I I just feel like I've grown up and I've kind of understand her process but then the other one that annoys me and I know it can't be helped and maybe it is just the sort of irony of the situation is that when she's she's so gung-ho I'm sacrificing myself for Spira I'm sacrificing myself self for Spira she gets pardoned But Titus loses his life for Spira. And she's like, no, that ain't happening. And then it's just kind of like, okay, hypocrite. Like, really? Like, you're going to freak out now? But then that is the thing. You don't know how you are in that situation until it happens. And then you lose someone. And then you're just kind of like, oh, God. It's the
0: same thing as like, it's really hard (laughs) to follow your own advice.
1: Like, I do kind of wonder how things would have played out had she... Like, it's almost kind of like that David Cage idea thing where you just sort of think like what would have happened if she did actually go through with her pilgrimage like I kind of just wanted to see that play out like what would have happened if she did give her life up and who would go with her to send it to bring on the new sin and stuff like I almost kind of think like I would love like the Quantic Dream type play out scenario where i'd actually see like her
0: your choices led to the pilgrimage actually completing
1: yeah like that type of thing you know like i just there's a part of me that would have loved to have seen that but yeah yeah so yeah i mean like that was the thing i i can respect you know i think that she's very strong and i think you know she's she's naive um but That's just because she's 17 and she's just,
0: yeah. Yeah. She's... I mean, I for my favorite character, I've always really had a thing for Titus and you and I have fought vehemently against the people that don't like him because I've always just felt like people don't understand him that much. Mm -hmm. And I think when we did the Origins video for Titus and you and I were able to really express why we like Titus so much through our interpretation of the story. I think it opened some people's eyes to Mm -hmm. him and the sacrifices he makes because it is very different from other protagonists. And I'd say that the relationship he has with Yuna is probably the best relationship that exists within the franchise. Mm -hmm. But the two of them, the, 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 the balance they have, the fighting they have, but also the the love, the connection, the fact that that connection was then taken away. I'm going to ignore ten two <laughs> because that is just something else. But I think like you know their their dynamic, the way it built up over the game and the way it mm. ended, is so different because it wasn't a happy end. It it just wasn't a happy ending. Yeah, and and that to me was like a really valuable lesson that Square Enix just haven't. Really understood in like with what they've done in the future. Mm. I mean, the Noctis and the Luna are like I'm. Um, I know not. I want to. I mean, the comparison isn't even really there because they're just not anywhere close. It
1: just seems Titus like, and Luna like they were so confident in their decision. We're killing Titus in this story. Like we're killing Titus. Okay, so fair enough. We have the after the credit scene where he like floats up to the top but of the that water. wasn't in
0: the original game.
1: Mm. was it not?
0: No, that was uh, in the international version for Jap- uh, Japan. Oh, really? Yeah. The... So
1: then, but we didn't get the international version.
0: No, America didn't.
1: No, but we had the after the credit scene. Yep. We had it too.
0: In the original game, Titus didn't come back.
1: Titus does. In the in the American version, we had it. We had the uh, the after the credit scene.
0: Because I'm pretty sure that they put that in there, and that was the the response to that was then the reason why they decided to make the sequel.
1: I think you're thinking about the um, episode, oh whatever it is, the one um, that small episode with Yuna when she's trying to hold her breath in the water. Do you mean that one? I'm not too sure. That that was added. You've got me really
0: confused now. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Um. That the FMV after the credits where Titus wakes up in the water and then floats up to the surface.
0: I don't remember this.
1: That was in the original version of the game. You don't remember this? No. It's like right before the, it, it's what they play again for the good ending for Final Fantasy Ten two. 2. No. <laughs> well, either way, it exists.
0: The perfect memory you claim I have is failing me, apparently. I
1: know. I know. It's weird because that's a pretty iconic s- sequence.
0: Maybe if I watch it again, I'll remember it. Yeah, you but... will remember
1: it. Um, by the way, um, yeah, I feel like they made a decision with Final Fantasy X and they seemed really confident about the decision and I respected them for that. What is this now with fan feedback and like, like guys, I love you all. And I think like, you know, yeah, sure. You should have a voice, but you shouldn't have a voice in the story. I'm sorry. Like, I don't think that we we should have any voice in the artistic direction of a game. I just, I just don't think that these are artists. We're Square Enix. We're putting our trust. We put our money to this company because we trust them and we trust their vision for their games. By them asking us what we want for a story that's just what's the point like what's it's the, the point? same thing
0: with the mass effect ending where they end up doing redoing mass effect 3's ending mm. it's like i i understand the frustration that people had because they felt like the time they'd invested hadn't amounted to anything
1: that's different though but, it's,
0: but it kind of is but it isn't because again it was the it was the vision that the guy had mm. for how he wanted the game to end
1: was it though but didn't they have didn't they have trouble with directors with mass effect 3
0: yeah but it was still the same consistent vision it was Mm. more the fact that EA got involved and all that stuff but but ultimately the fact they ended up redoing another ending to make it but people happier with stuff
1: yeah yeah I just I just really it really gets me going it really gets me like really angry because at the end of the day like I just want I just want a good story and I just want them to tell a good story and you know I don't I don't want it to just be spoon-fed to me like it's like that thing where you're just like oh you know this person got put this person got an award this person got this and that and I didn't get that why can't I get that and then all of a sudden they just give it to you well I you only gave it to me because I asked for it it's not because I actually earned it
0: yeah it's not what they actually wanted to do
1: like that's just I, I just really find that like
0: I mean and annoying, that was, and I know we're talking about fifteen now. Even I know. This is our Final Fantasy Ten podcast. I know, but I really guys. respected.
1: I really respected them for the decision, the ending they made for Final Fantasy Ten, the original.
0: So yes, I'd say yeah. My favorite favorite character is probably Titus, but I I really like the the pair. Yeah, I re- I like Yuna. Know, I said I've grown a. I've grown to like her a lot as a character and I I respect a lot what the developers did with her because it was, it's so different from all the other characters. Mm -hmm. Like her, her path, like the message that they tried to use with, uh, they tried to get her to present so different.
1: Yeah. I would also. I'll, I won't take up too much more time. you have got other stuff to talk about. I know, about, I know, but I would, I would probably say as my second, as my second favorite character. It's going to be a bit obscure, and Daryl's not expecting it. But I'd actually say Seymour.
0: I thought you were going to say Lulu. Actually, no. So I wasn't expecting it.
1: I do, I do like Lulu, and I like the rest of the main cast. But I must say, Seymour is one of my favorite villains of the Final Fantasy franchise. His story is so interesting when you actually read about it. And, I mean, you really do hate him in the game. You really, really hate him.
0: Yeah, because I think, like, Seymour... Sorry, Sephiroth is a, a character you can have sympathy for. Seymour, you can have a lot of sympathy for, but he just goes so... F- he He's like a combination, in a way, of Kefka and Sephiroth. Mm. In terms of, like, Sephiroth... He doesn't ever root re- like yeah sure he's trying to destroy the planet with meteor whatever, but he doesn't actually do anything bad, as such. Mm-hmm. Like he does the Nibelheim in the Nibelheim incident, but it's kind of an isolated thing, and he's angry.
1: He killed a snake. <laughs> yeah, but like he's he,
0: it, like nothing he does is is actually like vindictive. Yeah. Or like spiteful. It's just oh, I just found out that my entire life is a lie and this organization that's been kind of building me up this whole time and made me this poster boy superhero has actually been using me and manipulating me for the entire time. Oh, oh yeah, I'm in one of the towns that they are closely affiliated with. Yeah. So let's kill everyone.
1: He also killed President Shinra as well. Well, technically it was Junova, but under, either way.
0: Under Sephiroth's yeah. direction. Yeah, we'll,
1: well, yeah, well. But yeah, like Seymour, that,
0: yeah. he does things that are very spiteful yeah horrible yeah like i mean he kills his own father like yeah i mean but it's kind of understandable yeah when you look into his backstory
1: yeah like that's the thing like he just has there's so many levels to seymour and i just i love i i hate him i think he's horrible but i also really really love him and i think he's just the most well one of the most well-written villains in in Final Fantasy. Like, you know, Kefka is hilarious. Like there's so many things that are like really camp about Kefka. but Seymour is funny in a sort of like, this is really uncomfortable funny.
0: Like he says so much sass yeah things.
1: Yeah. Like when he gets stabbed by Kamari and he's just like, that's unpleasant, isn't it? It's just like just he's just so weird and un just creepy and like, Oh,
0: didn't you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, didn't you know I killed my father? Yeah. Like he's just he's just so cool and I just
0: Was it hadn't you heard?
1: Yeah. Oh, hadn't you heard? Yeah, and his his voice is it's just amazing. Um, but yeah, I I would I would strongly say that he's hands down one of my favorite villains.
0: The interesting thing about Seymour though is that he's obviously not the main villain. Mm. And I know that Kuja was obviously very similar in 9. And I guess... Because he's kind of like that backup villain. So, yeah, Kuja, Sifa. um, I guess 7 doesn't really have one.
1: Mm, I guess maybe the Turks. It's the
0: weapons Turks. Hojo. Hojo.
1: Hojo would be it. Hojo, definitely. That's it. Yeah, Hojo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: so I was quite—I was always a bit disappointed about that because obviously he has his story arc, but it it ends before the end. Yeah, and then we get the other stuff that happens. So I was always—I always felt a bit disappointed about that because like you fight him so many times during the game, and like mm. you just you learn to hate this guy. Like even the character, like you learn to hate them. The characters learn to hate him. Like it's a really great symbiotic relationship everyone has where everyone hates seymour yeah like the scenes where like Titus is just going seymour yeah (laughs) like it's just so you're just like yeah
1: (laughs) everybody hates him except for trommel bless trommel little guado guy he's just like mr seymour i still love you on the far plane
0: and of course in macalania he's the one that's just like we don't care if he's undead
1: yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Th- let's destroy this sphere that has all the evidence. Oh, he was he. he yeah, he the really Guado got on my deal skin. As well. with
0: Guado affairs.
1: I know. It really got on my skin as well. But then in ten two, you are just kind of like, oh, trouble.
0: You also get to beat the crap out of him.
1: I know. Um, but anyways. Uh yeah, moving on.
0: Yeah, so uh favorite scenes, Lauren. What's what, what's your favorite moment in the game that really just stands out to you?
1: It was when Titus and Yuna made Atna. No. Um It was though. <laughs> no, my favorites my favorite sequence I was always um well of course you have you do have the wedding scene, which is great, and like that whole sequence is fantastic. But I also do really love the the Unalesca sequence um I mean you just yeah you're going to Xanarcan and you're just kind of like what's gonna happen like what's what's going on because you go into the dome you obviously beat the gatekeeper which is also kind of like why the hell is this thing like fighting people on their pilgrimage like it's the I, final I, test. I, I'm I'm just come in here to try and like get another A on. Could you could you not? <laughs> could you not whack me with your freaking minds or whatever? Um I don't know how they do it with like two people like having two people go on a pilgrimage like Donna and and um
0: Bart- Bartello.
1: Bartello like how would they have been able to handle that guy? Um either way yeah, and then you find out there's no Aeon. Well, I then... guess the,
0: to your point, that's why no one ever really beats Sin. Yeah. Because they don't handle that guy.
1: <laughs> no, no, and that's the thing as well. Um, and then you find out, like, who Yunaleska is, like, what's what, what's her deal. You find out, like, basically the truth about Spira. You see the death of um, Arun. Well, not the death, but the injury of Arun, the f- sort of big blow against him um you just learn so much and then that's the the speech from rn right before you now um, pummel. now's Unaleska, the time to choose which i've seen like 20 million times because i've had my ass handed to me so many times by Unilesca um the but mu- yeah the music too, though it's so good challenge is so good not in the remaster but in the original it's so good that um,
0: that scene for me is one of the ones that yeah like that whole sequence with Yuna is like when you're just like yeah actually because she is still kind of believing in Yevon mm-hmm. and there are i mean even just the other characters well like Lulu is just like
1: we believed you all these years. Yeah, I know, which is so weird. I find I find that so out of character for her. The teachings. Because even she, like, she's been, like, open-minded throughout the whole game and then all of a sudden she's just like, no, the teachings. It's like, oh, all of a sudden you're really religious now? Like, really? Are you?
0: But no, with Ina, like, the fact that she's, it's when she says, like, the the thing about her father. Like, that we, that I know there's the Orin bit that is, is like really kind of like, yeah, we're going to beat the crap out of Yuna Leska. Yeah. But, like, when Yuna's just like, my father died. Yeah. For your fake beliefs. And yeah. she's like, yeah, your father, like, wanted to have belief. And it's like, no, that's not belief. That's yeah. just false. This is just lies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, so now I'm going to kill you. Yeah. By the way. We well, no plan- <laughs> mainly it was because you know Lesko was just like, I have to kill you now. But um but yeah, no, then they were just like, then that's just I uh, can't let uh, anyone access. leave here
0: that doesn't have belief.
1: I know. Let me be your liberator. Um but yeah, no, that whole that whole sequence, all of it like basically act two of Final Fantasy Ten is just fantastic.
0: My scene is slightly different <laughs> and i was actually thinking then that a lot of the scenes that we were talking about have a really strong music connection to them mm. but my scene is uh the and seymour flux at the top of mount gagazette and that always stuck out to me because you it's it's part of another kind of long sequence you have at the bottom when again i'm going to keep going back to yuna when kelk uh, greets them at the bottom and he's like no you don't pass that's no, what is it um yeah no, she, she's not allowed to pass because she's a defiled yevon and they're like well why are you still like caring about yevon yeah because fyi it's corrupt yeah and then like you
1: just heard from zemore that he killed his own father and stuff but you're still protecting them well no
0: because he leaves as well yeah and then he's like but it's still yevon yeah um and then he's like wait you're still going to continue with your pilgrimage even though the entire world hates you yeah and she's like yeah yeah all good and he's like I admire your courage you can pass and then it's the whole you not pass yeah guardians pass Kamari no pass yeah and you have that whole sequence with his, um, his with um, uh, Yen, uh, Yenke and um, Biran yeah and he beats them like and then they do the whole Ronzo him, him of the faith It's all like super happy and everything, and you get to the top of the mountain. You see Seymour, and he's like, "By the way, I just killed all the Ronzo."
1: Yeah, but
0: it's just like, why? Why did you do that? Like, they're just the nicest people who just want to try. They're so like, they're so um, because aren't they based on um, like Japanese people Mm. or something? I can't remember. I I feel like they're based on like a a a a group they're just because very, they're very yeah. they're very religious they're yeah. very um they're very dedicated
1: they're like, almost kind of like monks like yeah, i would say I they're, mean, they're the quite like, similar they... to monks cuz they they seem to be very they they speak a lot to sort of the mountain and they they believe in sort of these sort of natural eth- ethereal type of ideology where they just They're really one with nature and one with like the sort of universe. And um, and that whole thing where
0: they try to make them seem because they're all like really big and strong. So it's like the whole typically you'd expect them to be kind of dumb and they kind of play into that with the fact they don't speak in in flowing words as such. But they're really smart. Yeah. At the same time, like they're obviously the blue mages. They've learned how to like connect with the, the enemies that they fight against. But yeah, when Seymour's just like, Oh yeah, the Ronte, like they flew themselves at me trying to stop me from passing, and I just kind of killed them all. Yeah. And then that's when Tyler says, Seymour And he also you were saying as well about um before when we were discussing um when he's like, Oh, son of Jekt. and he's yeah. like, What? Yeah. No one else knows this. Yeah. Thank you, Seymour. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what? Uh, you yeah. Who? Huh? Can,
1: can, can you be quiet now, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you, didn't, now,
0: you didn't know that Jekt was sin.
1: Yeah. It's like that one guy who's just kind of like, you, guys, guys, you know, uh, Titus's dad is totally sin right now. Just sh- shut up, Seymour. I haven't told them yet. But yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so that, that, that whole scene kind of- is really, it's like really infuriating but it is really well done
0: it was also um the hardest seymour fight for me because yeah yeah i had been going through the game not grinding yeah and the only way i could beat him was through um yeah overdrive aeons i just got them all yeah overdrive and just cheesed him down yeah and i was so happy once that fight was done <laughs>
1: i know that's the thing like with him he's just he was really hard, and actually, I got stuck on him as well, like a bunch of times. I feel like it got stuck on every boss, but no, I definitely got stuck on him. But yeah, it is—it is really like that whole sequence is just so sad because even up on the mountain, you find out that Owaka's been imprisoned, um, for helping Yuna as well. So you meet um his brother, uh, Wentz? and you just sort of feel like oh poor awaka because he, he helps you when you um when you're on the Bavel uh bridge uh right before you beat uh seymour yep um and yeah and then he gets in prison and you're just like oh i want to see awaka again but yeah. um but, but yeah. yeah i
0: mean assault on the wedding was great yeah M- music was was kind of my main thing around that though but then the sequence with Seymour and Keenock is great. Yeah. Like, and, and the fact that that's another, I mean, it's another scene with Yuna right after that when, when Oren's like, you have to leave Kamario behind. Like, he's going to sacrifice himself so yeah. you can live. And she's like, no, I'm not going to let my, my, like the person who's with, been with me my entire life die. Yeah. Let's go back and save him, actually. And Oren suddenly is just like, respect.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's so many... There's just so many good moments in
0: Final and Fantasy they all X. revolve around Yuna.
1: Yeah, and Kamari, it seems like.
0: yeah.
1: Um, and
0: some um, more. So, yeah, let's move on to music. Sure. Because there are some fantastic tracks in Final Fantasy X. There are. Even though, like, it's just such a weird soundtrack because it was the one where Uematsu was kind of jaded about the whole thing <laughs> and just decided to bring in Hamawazu and Nakano and i can't even remember when we talked about it recently in a video but he had the faith in those guys because he'd worked with them previously he knew the types of music they could do and he knew that they would do the types of music that he didn't want to do mm-hmm. um but it, it made for such an interesting soundtrack in that regard because there were so many different types there but it's really hard to pick a favorite which is why i've kind of picked two um my my favorite on the soundtrack is probably like, Calm Before the Storm. There's just something about that track that is just so calming. <laughs> it, it it just really is. I don't like it's just you got the the really soft guitar and then like the the thing that always stands out for me is that like in the first passage of the song, probably around every 10 to 15 seconds there's just a really single bass note because it's just kind of scales and stuff but there's just that one bass note that just plays and it just it just helps to ground the Mm -hmm. piece somehow and obviously as the piece develops it becomes much more melodic and there's different um different elements to it
1: so just like sort of backtracking calm before the storm is that the one that's in thunder Plains?
0: no that's uh ding 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 yeah that's what oh, i keep horrible. like thinking no, is this come for the storm is the one that plays in uh macalania i believe oh okay i yeah,
1: played yeah, it to um, you before it's the yeah yeah, do, do, yeah. Do, 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 yeah i got it now do. yeah That and is really pretty the reason
0: i played it to lauren before is because the hd remaster version oh it's horrible it really is and like i know we've kind of i feel bad about it but we've kind of harped on Union Akano before he did the arrangement of it for the ten master mm. It just sorry, Nakano. You did some good work, but this was not one of them.
1: I mean, maybe it's kind of that thing where it's like the the sort of I want I don't want to say lesser version, but maybe just the fact that it was so sort of the sound was a bit more muffled in the original that it made it it made its flow a bit better. They just tried to make it more realistic, more staccato, and just not. It just doesn't the no, notes aren't I, long. I actually
0: think it's in the remaster one it's it sounds more muffled.
1: Oh, you think so? Yeah,
0: and like when it gets to further in the track, like they brought like they, they really surfaced chose. instruments in the background that were mm. really good for kind of just incidental building up the layers and they made them a lot louder and it just yeah. doesn't work.
1: Yeah, they really got the layers of the of the tracks wrong. In a lot of the tracks on the uh, HD remaster,
0: the the but other I thing like I wanted to say about that track though is that it it was an Uematsu track, um, but it also has for me it, remnants of the Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack. Like there's, mm. I think, um, Martial Law is the one we were talking about. I think it's the one that plays in dealing. Like there, it's just the bass in Come Before the Start, the, uh Come Before the Storm. There are certain parts of it, especially as the track progresses, that just really remind me of eight and i love the soundtrack for eight as well so it kind of makes sense that that would be Mm. one that i would be drawn to
1: yeah but yeah no i i really do like that song a lot and then you have one for the remaster
0: yes i do have one for the remaster it's um basically like mount card gazette servants of the mountain it is really gorgeous i never really noticed it that much in the original version because you do spend a lot of time grinding around there before seeing more flux um and you know it just kind of plays i never really yeah i never really paid too much attention but for the hd remaster it's just so good and like at one minute oh five specific time stamp for you guys it goes into like the the basically the main bulk of the 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 melody mm. and i swear to god every single time i hear it, even if i i was just listening to it briefly before so i could get that timestamp i just can't help but just just get absorbed into it Dee. and it just gives me Dee. like chills Dee. and i just for some reason i just start welling up like the the violin is just so perfect
1: it was such a good choice for them to make it that way
0: yeah like for the
1: remaster like it's one know. of the
0: few tracks in the remaster where i actually think they did they did our fan like they they made it better they
1: just did they made a really good choice with that one i don't know how they could have made that same kind of choice with i mean they did kind of do it with other ones where they like would use an acoustic guitar instead of like um well, instead of what they used before, computer computerized. Like they tried to do that in some of the sequences, but for some reason, yeah, with um, Servants of the Mountain, they just really got that right with just making it a violin track.
0: It's just, I think the the main problem, as we said before, is. With the the, the ten remaster soundtrack, it's it's the layering, like the mm. mastering of the tracks was just all wrong. Mm. The volume of certain instruments was just too loud. Some was too quiet. And again, the the quality of the instruments they used just didn't work.
1: But then maybe that is the thing. It's it's almost like it's. On, I, I feel like it must be so hard to try to. I don't know, like remake somebody else's work.
0: Well, a lot of the time it was the original composers coming back. So yeah. Umatsu Hamwazu and Nakano did come back and rearrange things. And like, and People of the North was actually rearranged by Hamwazu. So that was one where I think it worked out quite well. But obviously challenge just did not work.
1: I think it's just the fact that like it's like for artists, you have a vision in your head for musicians you have a you have a sound in your head of how you want the composition to sound and if you do have somebody else or even if you are the same person but it's just a different time in your life where you just don't feel the same about what you're creating i think it's just so hard to strike strike it twice you know it's almost like coming back it's like with our videos and stuff if i went back to a previous video to like just edit the master file to make it better it'd be so painstakingly hard to just go back from scratch exactly exactly which they probably just didn't have the time or the budget to do but like yeah um so i can understand why it's why it doesn't it, it didn't go very well for them but yeah i mean so my my tracks Um, one is the ending theme. I just love the ending theme. I think um, is it Hamag? It's Hamaguchi, isn't it? That's the one that does the rearrangements. Yep, he's just fantastic. Um, I love when him and Uimasu work together. They do a lot of the or they do the orchestral versions of songs together. Um, so like distant world stuff, they'll do. I think. Some of those um, stuff together. Well, don't he they? did. He didn't do like distant theme? worlds. I don't think. Oh, maybe not. But he did. But the, he did like Eris. He
0: he would have done the earliest orchestration. So he did the Final Fantasy 7 reunion album, That's for it, example.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of.
0: And he um, did um in Final Fantasy VIII. He did like library for Tali. Yes, and... He
1: did, and he did the ending theme for that game as well. Um, and I just think he, when him and when him and Uimatsu work together, it's just gorgeous. It's they they just have an understanding of how they want the tracks to sound, and it always works. It's really amazing. But yeah, yeah. I just I just love I love how it starts. I love the swelling of the music. I love um, I especially love that they kind of incorporated it into Two for Distant Worlds a bit. They they kind of incorporated bits of the ending theme. Into their arrangement of Tuzanarkin for Distant Worlds, and um, and then it just the ending of it is just so sad. It's just so sad. because Titus is gone, and you're just oh.
0: I just really like the fact that they. It's it's Suteki but better.
1: Yeah, well, it's Tuzanarkin mostly, though, isn't it? As well.
0: Well, it's it's the singing, mm. but
1: yeah. Well, you don't hear the singing in the ending theme, though, do you?
0: I thought it played. No. Oh, what it, is
1: going? You're thinking of the orchestrated version in the credits, yeah, which that is, is also really amazing. Yeah, you're not thinking. I'm I'm thinking the ending theme, like what the ending playing. theme
0: to that game is like 15 minutes long.
1: Yeah, but Sutegida never doesn't play in it.
0: I have to re-listen to it.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's the one that um. Oh, now I'm thinking of the Final Fantasy A one for some reason. No, it is.
0: It's like it's do, 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 do. and then it just go do, 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 do.
1: So it's him of the faith.
0: Which is, is that not? That's
1: um, not da No, that's him of the faith.
0: No, but they're all all the different themes <laughs> are incorporated. Well,
1: then I'm wrong too because it's not. Um, no, does No, I don't think it plays in it. Hold on, I'm gonna have to re-listen <laughs> to it now. So, yeah, it's it's like Hymn of the Faith, and then it's two Xanarkins, and then it's just... And then it goes into the... Which is nothing, it's just like sort of a Final Fantasy type ending theme. But there's no Sudikidenna.
0: I'm going to have to re-listen. You are. I am.
1: Um, and then also, of course, Someday to Dream One, because that's just such a cool track to run through the broken Zanarkin up until you go into the Zanarkin Dome. I'm actually kind of sad that it doesn't play when you're walking around the Zanarkin Dome. It's a bit of a buzzkill,
0: but... but they didn't play anything, do they?
1: Yeah, they play... Oh,
0: that's annoying thing, yeah.
1: It's
0: like enemy attack or something.
1: Why? Why is this playing? Like, yeah, I was just listening to great music and now I'm just kind of like, I am don't know.
0: So that's two things where you've made me question my knowledge.
1: You know, it's it's the Padawan. I mean, to
0: be honest, it's bound to happen at some point. It's
1: the Padawan becoming the master.
0: It is. Air 5. Yay. Okay, so music this episode, since we've just been talking about music, is none of the tracks we picked. I've done an arrangement of <laughs> Um, It's actually an arrangement of Assault, which is also one of my very dear tracks that I I love. And it's by Bit Symphony. So hopefully you guys enjoy listening to their rendition of the Assault on Yuna's Wedding. Hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to our Final Fantasy X fangasm. The next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 27th of August. And uh, yeah, be sure to check out all our news coverage at FinalFantasyUnion.com. I'm expecting stuff before then because Gamescom. Yep. Uh, the 7 Remake is supposed to be playable there. 72 kiosks have been set up um, so that should be pretty good. I think it's the same demo mm. though that they had at E3. Um, hey, that's fine. Yeah. Hopefully you, many of you, as many of you guys as possible will get the chance to play it uh, way more than would have been able to play at E3 since Gamescom is huge. Mm. Um, but sure, if you want to support us on Patreon, head over to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. Uh, we obviously do really appreciate any support you can give us. But for now, it is time for us to say goodbye.
1: Bye, everyone.
0: And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a Final production.